being around me all the time is a, a struggle. <laughs> like you can never escape yourself. Welcome to Breast Cancer is Boring, a podcast about breast cancer with Jocelyn and Lauren. Whether you have breast cancer or any other kind of cancer or you're just a weirdo who's super <laughs> cancer curious, welcome. We hope you enjoy because breast cancer is boring, but we and you are interesting. I love it. Welcome! Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a solo episode. I feel like I should just be really upfront with you. Um, I'm going to be talking to myself for like an hour. So I hope that you'll join me. Lauren is not here. Womp womp. Um, because she does this thing where like she prioritizes her family and puts them first and no I think she's got a lot of stuff going on with her family some of it is really fun and like vacations and things and basically getting rich and famous off a podcast is not a priority and I can talk to her anytime so it's really just your loss and I am sorry for that so yeah rather than deprive you of any part of this podcast I figured I'd give you Second best, which is me. I am freshly showered. It is hair washing day. So my hair, which you, you know, cannot see, but just imagine coiffed and curled and, you know, slightly frizzy, but that's just how it rolls. I am in a robe, which I think old timey people called a dressing gown, maybe, which I think sounds really special. I'm enjoying my carrot ginger juice. Sipping my ginger juice. With my pod and my money and my... No, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Should have planned that better. Anyway, all by myself here. And let's get right into it. Of course, we start with announcements. It's still a pandemic. Um... So what's the CDC say right now about the pandemic? You can actually Google CDC uh, prevention steps, community level, that kind of stuff. They've got a page that breaks down COVID-19 by county, and you can check what level your county is at, like right now. And there are three categories that the CDC has for whatever COVID-19 level your county is at, low, medium, and high. If your county's at a low level, um, like there's not much you have to do, just get tested if you have symptoms. Um, If you're at a medium level and you're also like immunocompromised or have comorbidities, you should probably wear a mask when you go out maybe and... Obviously, get vaccinated if you're not already. This is for all of them. And then get tested if you have symptoms. If you are in an area with a high community level, you should wear a mask indoors and in public. You should get tested if you have symptoms. And you may want to take additional precautions around high-risk individuals, i.e. avoiding them altogether. In a kind way, not like, there's nothing wrong with them. It's, you're the problem, (laughs) just to be clear. So anyway, 
I just ordered a box of N95s from our overlord Amazon because no one in my community, even though we're at the medium level, is wearing a mask. And so when no one around you is wearing a mask, a, a simple face mask, a surgical mask or a cloth mask isn't going to do too much. It'll do a little bit, uh, especially if it's like a place like Target and it's a kind of a, like a really high ceiling, big, probably pretty good airflow in there, like a Costco or a Target. And then you go on a Monday morning, as I do when I can, and there's like literally no one there. You're probably okay with a surgical mask or even no mask if you're like in a zero risk group and you're vaccinated to the hilt. You're probably okay. But I'm not in a zero risk group. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably aren't either. So, uh, an N95 or a KN95, um, they're going to be your best option because that's less dependent on if other people are masking around you. And it, fil it just filters much more particles, much more small particles, basically. The point of wearing a mask yourself is to protect others. When you wear an N95, you're obviously protecting others as well, but you're also protecting yourself pretty well with that. So those are the masks I wear at work in, in the hospital to protect myself. And we have been wearing them since, I mean, the invention of N95s. We used to just wear them for flu and uh, TB patients primarily. Any of the airborne, you know, viral meningitis is when we would wear our N95s. And now it's just we have to wear them more often because COVID. So anyway, I got to say I am vacillating between the sweet taste of freedom um, and the knowledge that immunocompromised and disabled individuals still live in terror of their lives every day because it's still a pandemic. So, you know, you do you and that's great. But also please wear a mask if you're asked, get vaxxed and try to relax. So. Apple reviews. Let's read a new podcast review that was left to us by Breasty Bestie. No, I said that wrong. I knew I would. Breastless Bestie, uh, which is a pretty great screen name. <laughs> and Breastless, uh, Breastless, why can't I say it? Breastless Bestie said, they get it. Cancer sucks, but listening to other people talk about it makes me feel less alone. Thank you, Jocelyn and Lauren. <laughs> I gotta say, talking about it so that you can hear me talking about it makes me feel less alone. And then you leaving a review saying it makes you feel less alone makes me feel way less alone. So thank you. Thank you for leaving a review, Breastless Bestie. Um, if you want to leave a review, you can five stars. We are currently a 4.9 star podcast because, <laughs> because we're not anybody's bitch. Okay. We're not here to like, please the masses. We're here to please ourselves. We're here to please Jocelyn and Lauren and Lauren would agree with me probably almost all the way if she were here. Like, I get that that's a shaky marketing strategy, but I think it's a pretty sound life strategy. So that's what we're going with. Anyway, on to today's episode. As promised, 
we are going to talk about me. <laughs> I am going to engage in what I could only describe as a super self-indulgent practice where I'm just going to record myself stream of consciousness talking about myself all by myself. Do not tell Celine that I just sang that like that. Um, anyway, let's go through the basic categories um, of my life, and I hope you will stick around as I ask myself, you know, rhetorical questions about what's going on. Anyway, how's work going, me? Oh, thank you. Thank you, me, for asking. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, I am a nurse, and I work in the emergency department, and... Up until like eight months ago, I was a nurse manager for like five years. I've been a nurse for 11 years and, and then like I did the nurse manager thing for five years and it was not great, not great um, for reasons that had nothing to do with the nurses on my unit. I love, I fucking love nurses. I love working with nurses. I love working for nurses. I like being nurses' bosses because bosses... I like being multiple bosses. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a problem I should bring up with my therapist. I like being nurse's boss. How would you even say that sentence? I like bossing nurses. Eh? Okay. I like leading nurses as a team. That part was great because there is no other group of people who are more willing to do new things, try new things, incorporate, like, here's a crazy idea. What do you guys think about this? Like, they're just so open and so competent and so just, like, good at what they do that you can come to them with these things and they'll try it just because you ask them to, which is considering, like, humans as a whole, that's pretty substantial. That's that's pretty great. Um it's just everything else that went with being a nurse manager that sucked ass. And I just kind of got tired of that, which I don't want to bitch about it. It's it's done. It's over. I am bedside in the emergency department, and I'm living my best life. It's the best schedule. It's three 12-hour shifts a week, so I get four days, full days off. I don't bring work home with me for the most part unless – like I encounter something during my shift that I'm like, what the fuck was that? And I'll come home and like the next day when I'm not dog tired, I will just Google it. I'll up to date it. Um, I'll use like peer reviewed stuff to kind of look it up and like familiarize myself with it. Because I got to tell you, there's a lot of stuff I don't know. And there's a lot of stuff that I maybe did know and that I forgot. And there's a very small amount of things that I do know. And that's not great for like my job. So I'm just trying to learn continually, and I like it. And I like, I think, I think you can do anything in this world, like as a job, and be happy. And I think what it is for me to be happy in a job is I have to like the person that I am at work. I have to like who I am when I'm working. Not like, well, that's my work personality you know I'll I, I'm actually like a fun person it's just at work it's all business you know what I mean I don't it doesn't that does not like <laughs> that doesn't work for me 
I, I have to be myself. And when you're in a leadership position, for some reason, who I am doesn't seem or didn't seem to jive with like what they needed me to be. And so I tried to shoehorn myself into like what I needed to be. And it just made me angry and not as fun to be around. And that includes myself, but also other people. So part of that's my problem. And part of that was the situation. So anyway, I really like that I can be my full damn self at work. And people like it. So uh, being a nurse in the pandemic is rough. And being a nurse in the age of um, criminal prosecution for medication mistakes uh, done... Uh, in good faith, <laughs> which if you don't know what I'm talking about, there was a nurse in Tennessee who just recently was convicted of two felonies, one of them murder, um, of a 75-year-old patient that was under her care that she, instead of giving a sedative medication called Versed, she gave the patient a paralytic medication called Vecuronium. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, but uh, it was a mistake. The patient died because a paralytic just stops you from breathing. So that happened. Um, the nurses, the nurse, her name's Redonda Vaught. She came forward right away and said, I made this mistake. She didn't try to hide it. She didn't try to make excuses. She lost her nursing license almost right away because this incident, I believe, happened in, like, 2017. Lost her nurse license. You know, when she went before the board, she said, I think I read a quote that was, like, devastating to me because she said, you know, I, I live with the reality that I, it was my mistake that killed someone and I will think about this every day. Or there will never be a day I don't think about that. And that's the only thing about being a nurse. Is in other industries other than healthcare, if you're like not good at your not great at your job even, like just slightly less than excellent. <laughs> um and you mess up at work or you're tired. You know, you didn't sleep and you still have to go to work or you're just off or like something's happening with your family that's devastating to you or you just got told you have breast cancer, but you still have to go to work. If there's something that like interferes with your ability to think clearly at work, you are going to make mistakes because that's what humans do. It's just that if you make a mistake working in a bank or as a recruiter for Facebook, you know, no one dies. <laughs> and when you make a mistake as a nurse, people get hurt and occasionally people die. And this is something that we've all kind of accepted because you can't remove the human element from healthcare for physicians or nurses. And so Nurses get disciplined. Nurses lose their license, clearly, for killing people. But it's very, very odd. It's it's a bit overboard to bring criminal charges. And it is not, it hasn't really been done. And so that's why it's so mm, troubling. And every nurse that I work with, we talk about it, <laughs> like almost every shift. Because this just happened 
and um, we were talking about it while the trial was going on. We were talking about it when the trial was announced, when the when the charges were brought, and it's just it's been a real um, I don't know. It's a real source of anxiety, in particular because we're working in conditions that are specific to a pandemic, to a nursing shortage that has only been made worse by a pandemic. And all of that to say, I don't want to go to jail, so I'm trying to be the best I can at my job, and I'm trying to get plenty of sleep. And, um, yeah. But it's going to happen. I'm going to make a mistake. And it's really luck that will determine whether or not the person dies. So... Anyway, moving on. <laughs> How's not work going? I gotta say, not work, my days off, are fucking fantastic. I love it. I love how much time I have. I love how much time I have. Um, so, books I'm reading right now. I just started reading Hood Feminism. And I'm gonna bring up my... Goodreads, so I can tell you the name of the author, but the book is so good. It's, it's, what can I say? My transformation from complete garbage person to like less complete garbage person, which is where I would say I'm at now, has included my um, extricating myself from the ideals of misogyny that I have upheld uh, throughout my life and ways in which I've benefited from misogyny and, I mean, just racism as well. And so my transition into more feminist ideals and kind of like realizing that, I don't think has included a dismantling as part of that, like feminism in particular, has included a dismantling of racist ideas and thought processes. I saw that as separate um, because I've only recently, because <laughs> I'm not a great person, I've only recently really come to understand just how much um, feminism and the suffragist movement um, has come at the expense of black women, uh, indigenous women, and other women of color. And that is really what this book is about. Um, it's called Hood Feminism, Notes from the Women That a Movement Forgot, and it's by Miki Kendall. And... I think I love her because in her foreword, she's like, I am not a nice person and I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you. <laughs> she's like, if that's what you want, if that's what you need, like move on. I'm the person that the nice person brings in to the table when they want like a wake up call and then I leave and they're like, wow, that was pretty intense. But, you know, she kind of has a point. Why don't we talk about like that's her role. And I just I really like that. Um, I'm probably halfway through that book right now and I'm really enjoying it and also finding that I've got 
a lot to learn and a lot to unlearn. But hey, that's that's it, right? Like that's the thing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And yeah, it's good work. Right before that, I read The Ruin of Kings by Jen Lyons, which is probably a 60-pound book, which I didn't realize because I read on my Kindle. But man, that book is big because I feel like I read, I feel like it took me like three months to read it, which is not my usual speed. It was very good, very entertaining. I love a good fantasy novel. I love a good dragon. I love a good like demon. However, and this remains my thing with sci-fi fantasy kind of novels is that the main character is a a young boy. No, a young man, really, is what I mean. He's like 15. So he's a boy, a young man, whatever. I don't know when the crossover happens. Anyway, that's great and all. I, I prefer um, a female protagonist just because I think I identify with that more. And so much of sci-fi fantasy is male leads that it can be quite problematic. Here's the thing. Here's here's where we're at with sci-fi fantasy. Not a lot of women leads. When there are women leads, they're often girls. They're often, you know, 17 and virginal. And they have all this power, but they don't realize it. And then this wizened man comes into their life, you know, this adult man who also has power, but, like, not quite as much as her, but but he knows how to use it, so he teaches her, and then in the process, of course, they fall in love, and it's all kind of gross to me, to be honest. And then the other side of that is the male lead, who's a strong character and fun and witty and, like, has all this personality, which is objectively fun to read, but all the women that surround him are in existence. They just surround him, and they are tied to his character. They don't have much agency of their own, oftentimes, and they fall into two categories, and those are mothers and whores. And I think I talked about this on my B-side with Susie. We touched on this uh, for a minute. It just bothers me. Why does every character that is adjacent to the male lead and also female have to be a wizened maternal figure or someone he wants to fuck. I am over it. So if you all could please fix that, that'd be great. The book I read before that one is Tell the Machine Goodnight by Katie Williams. This one is like so weird, but really good. It like takes place in an indeterminate future where we have this piece of technology that, like, can tell you what will make you happy. And it's so interesting. It's just, it's a very interesting read. And I don't want to, like, spoil any of it for you, so I'm being intensely vague. But I didn't know what I expected when I was reading it, but I didn't expect such, like, a, it's kind of a quiet read. It's kind of a subtle read in a way. It's not like this dystopian, like, nightmare thing. Like, it's just very normal in a way. It's just about people. I really liked it. I really liked it a lot. So, 
Yeah, I'm a little behind in my goal of reading 20 books, but I will get there. So anyway, those are the books, shows I'm watching. Okay, number one show, if you watch a show off of my suggestions here, watch Severance. It's on Apple TV, so you got to like get Apple TV somehow, borrow it from somebody. Um, It's so good. Don't read anything about it. Don't look into it. Just start watching it. It's got Adam Scott in it, who I love. Uh, It's just, it's such a good show. It's such a good show. Like if you're, if you've also seen Severance or you're watching it right now and you're listening to this right now, you're going, yes, oh, I love that show. Cause it's so good. It's just so good. Um, another show, Our Flag Means Death. <laughs> it's actually a funny show. Super, super funny. Based like loosely on uh, true events of this kind of rich guy back in the day who wanted to be a pirate. So he decided to be a pirate. It is so funny and so deeply weird, and you got to watch it. It's so good. It's on HBO Max. There's a show on Netflix called Old Enough where parents send their very small children, like ages two to five, on these errands around town. It's adorable, and I don't even, like, love kids that much, you know what I mean? Like, just strangers' kids. It is, it, it will do your heart good. Watch it. It's so so good. Um, a show also on Netflix that is not so, so good and you should never watch it is Selling Sunset. Judge me if you want. I've seen all the episodes. It is, you know, TV junk food. Basically, these people are are deeply flawed and bad, pretty much. <laughs> they're just... I mean, there's some likable characters, but at the end of the day, they're all rich and selling multi-million dollar homes that are built on plots of land that could probably house at least 12 single family homes. So it's problematic in that way, but it's also really entertaining and a great way to wind down after a 12 hour shift where like life and death situations are being laid in front of you. Like it's just, yeah, it's. Cinematic junk food, basically. Station Eleven is on HBO Max. It is so good. It is it is full bore dystopian future. A virus wipes out, you know, most of the population kind of stuff. But it follows in this future, you know, where like this virus wipes out most of the population, and then like all of industry, basically all of technology, all of infrastructure. Um, and it follows this tr- this troupe of actors doing Shakespeare plays around. It's just so good. It's so good. It's a lot. Like I had to take a break a few times between episodes, but it's really, really good. And then, of course, on Netflix, Bridgerton season two. And I can't really describe the gleeful feeling I get when I like cozy into my couch to watch this show. I just love it. And I'm not willing to investigate that love any further, lest I discover some reason why it's not a good show. I just, I just want it in my life. And I don't want to hear anything that would like ruin that or taint that so we're going to move on but Bridgerton oh my god 
I love it. I love, I love it. I love it. Um, video games I'm playing. I do have a PS5. How are we doing here? Is everyone still into this? We're still okay. I mean, you can like fast forward if you want, but I'm just going to keep talking because something in me is perfectly comfortable with the sound of my own voice and I don't think it's the best part of me. But anyway, video games I'm playing, PS5, um, Call of Duty, obviously, zombie mode. It's my favorite. I get so mad though because I play it locally. I don't have like a Sony Plus account that allows you to play online and I'll and I'll like pause my game and like put the PS5 into rest mode and sometimes when I come back the game just like starts where I left off and sometimes it starts me all over again and if you know the concept of Call of Duty Zombies you, you will understand how frustrating that is so that really frustrates me. New games I've been playing though with Sean who's my husband um, it takes two super fun like duo game that you can just sit there with the two controllers you have and play locally with another person. You have to play with another person, which is so, that's why it's so fun. Um, Unraveled 2 is another game like that where it takes two people to play and you have to cooperate and it's just like, it's really, really fun. And then I did download a, a game called Dark, D-A-R-Q, and I have no idea what it's about. It just looked weird to me, and I love a good weird game. So uh, I'm going to play that at some point. I'll keep you updated. Um, of course, I'm podcasting. Uh, it's quite meta. That's what I'm doing now in my closet, in my robe with my ginger juice. Uh, Want to be on it? DM us at Breast Cancer is Boring. Um, I'm also trying to be outdoorsy, which um, we'll talk more about that on the section of uh, what crazy shit am I spending my time and money on right now. Anyway, how's the body, adi, adi, adi? Let's talk about my body, shall we? Two years ago, March 2020, I had my deep flap reconstructive surgery, which was the, the last like major, I feel like, surgery I had. I had a fat grafting that October 2020, um, which, you know, that's fine. It didn't matter. Uh, I, I, I'm not consistent with the way I feel about my body. And I've talked about this on the show before because there are days when – there are moments in days <laughs> where I feel really good about my body. And I'm like, you know what? Damn, I'm almost 40 and I look good. I look good. And then there are days where I just don't feel that. It's not like I'm walking around going like, oh, I hate my body. I don't ever really think or say that. I generally globally feel good about my body, but there will be just these little things and I feel like I'll fixate on them. I'll fixate on my arms. Oh my goodness, what was I doing the other day? Some I was moving my arms fast for some reason, and I could feel the back. I think I was shaking something up. That's what it was at work. I was I was shaking up an antibiotic, and I. I could feel the back of my arms just jiggling in a way that denotes 
like zero muscle tone to that area. <laughs> so it was pretty devastating. Um, it's just things like that. Things come up and I'm like, why? Why is my boy? I'll catch my reflection in a window and I'll be like, girl, stand up straight. Like it's things like that. But I will say the single best thing I did for my body was buy a Peloton. And you don't have to buy a Peloton. They're insanely expensive. And then you got to pay $40 a month just to have the service. And, you know, not everybody's out there being able to afford that. And so I feel very privileged even saying that. But it it's just something I have stuck with. And it makes me feel good. And I, I don't know. That is what that is. Anyway. I feel like there's there are still times I feel I feel like I'm more comfortable in this new body, this new torso that I have, these new boobs. The deep flat boob that used to feel like a pound cake has really softened up. It just feels like a boob now. It's kind of crazy the way that it is softened up and it's dropped a little bit, which I do like as well. Don't like a real high profile boob for me. That's not my look. So that's pretty great. Did you like that that big sniff I just did? Yeah. That's right now where I live. The allergies are insane. We had like a veritable allergen dust storm wind thing the other day, and uh, it's all I can do to like breathe, basically. Anyway, which really doesn't help with me being outdoorsy. <laughs> Speaking of, what crazy shit... Are you spending your money on these days, you ask? Well, first of all, self-care is priceless. So let's not, you know, here's the thing. I famously am addicted to the La Mer body cream. The La Mer body cream is $300 for 295 mils. Um, so it's like a dollar per mil, which is a lot. It's quite a lot. And I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I can spend my money on better things. I'm just being bougie for the sake of being bougie. It can't be that good. So I invested in a $40 tub of body cream for the same amount. And it's very good. And it is not doing the trick. And my skin does not feel the same way. And I feel myself slowly slipping back into the La Mer hole. And I probably will repurchase once I run out of this body cream. And that's just the same for everything that I've ever tried that's expensive. It's like I can't not go back. So I just need to stop trying more expensive things. Um, facials are back in my life. I've had two facials in the last two months. Um, the first facial was just fine, completely adequate. The second facial was bonkers good she used i i love when they use the steam machine i love when they get in there and do extractions i love a good like electroshock machine which she put she put like i i love the lasers in the tech she put a cheesecloth over my face and then ran this like electro kit that thing over it this electrical wand that made it feel like tiny needles were poking me, and I was like, yeah, that's the good stuff. It hurt, but it did something. So I will be going back every month, in fact, 
every month. It's like at a uh, a women's group plastic surgeon uh, med spa place, which is like honestly where you get the best facials. Honestly, I think. Anyway, um, hot springs are a thing around here. We went to the hot springs the other day, and it was lovely. It was like 50 degrees out. We got in that, like, nature's hot tub, and it was glorious. Had to buy a swimsuit for that. That was a moment for me, um, as swimsuits always are. But you know what? I found a great swimsuit at Target. It's ribbed, it's purple, it's got cutouts, it's a one-piece. It's cute, and I like it, so looks good on me. Um, I'm trying to hike. I'm trying, again, to go for a more outdoorsy vibe. Here is my recommendation for hiking. Uh, first aid kit. You need to take one. And in your first aid kit, here is what I would recommend. A tourniquet. Yes, buy a tourniquet. The first aid kit on a hike needs to address things like, oh, these shoes are rubbing my, you know, toe. So you need a Band-Aid in there. All the way up to and including someone's limb has been mangled and they are bleeding to death. You will save that person's life with a tourniquet. Someone falls and breaks their femur and it's poking out and they're bleeding all over the place, like, that tourniquet will save a life. So get a tourniquet, watch a YouTube video, learn to use it. Obviously, Band-Aids in the first aid kit, Tylenol, Ibuprofen, a cold pack is going to be great. Get to use some gauze, get some Coban, which is like that self-adhesive wrap, Um, and then a good pair of scissors or, like, a good knife if that's your style. Yeah, that's just some free advice for you. Um, Get an insulated, non-sweating water bottle. Get a hiking hat. Like, not a cute little hat, but like a serious, I am a 75-year-old, clear woman hiking hat. And get a better SPF. The only SPF I trust on my hikes is Elta MD. That's the only shit I'll use. When I know I will unavoidably be passing in and out of the sun. Um... And then Target has these reusable, like, silicone snack pouches. You know, it's like a Ziploc bag, but it's reusable, and there's, like, little ones. Because you need to bring a snack with you for when you get lost because you thought it was a two-hour hike, and now you're on hour three and a half, and you're dying of hunger, and you're out there. Luckily, I had some trail mix with me because you want something that has high protein and then a fast sugar. So I have, like, mixed nuts, and then I put M&Ms in it. Or you can do, like... I don't know, peanut butter, little peanut butter pouches that they sell and gummy bears or something like that. Um, You just, you want that with you because you can get lost. You know, we live like we're we're hiking in mountains and there's no like hike markers here. People are just kind of like trusting their instincts, I guess. I don't know. I'm bad at hiking. So you got to be prepared when you're bad at hiking. Um, I've been buying workout clothes and I bought a very expensive designer skirt on consignment my clothes clothes I have determined for this year will only be consignment and so I'm not purchasing clothes like I had been and I'm really happy with that but the skirt I bought is amazing but also very very expensive so and then I bought this reading chair it is 
the best thing I have bought in maybe my entire life. It's like one of those outdoor, I got it from Target. It's like one of those outdoor like wicker egg chairs that has all the cushions in it. It's like a cocoon and I have it in like our spare room. Also, I've never had a spare room in an apartment before. And so that's been a joy, but this this big old chair is in there and I just crawl into it with my Kindle and a bunch of pillows and a blanket and I just sit there for hours and I read and it is like one of the best moments of my life. It makes me so happy. So, so very happy. This episode of Breast Cancer is Boring is brought to you by your other, the version of you existing in a branch off the prime timeline where you never got breast cancer. All right, listeners, what I'd like to do is share some facts about your other, the version of you that never got breast cancer. Because your other did not experience breast cancer, they are a very basic bitch. And so these facts should be very pleasing. Please enjoy each fact equally and try not to show preference for one in particular. Just relax your body and be open to the facts. Your other gets along with everyone. Your other has no strong opinions and would hide them if they did. Your other told a joke at a party and no one laughed. Your other watched a YouTube video once and now, on occasion, they wonder, could the earth be flat? Your other donates to Susan G. Komen Foundation and feels good about that. Your other wears the wrong shade of foundation and uses eyeliner to line around their entire eye, which objectively, because when you do that, you know, just it makes the eye look really small. Your other is an undecided voter. Your other still wears a bra every day. And they are, each of them, the wrong size. Your other has never heard of Bridgerton, and they never will. Your other has a sign hanging on the wall over the couch in cursive writing that says live, laugh, love. Your other unironically uses hashtag blessed to describe themselves. Your other will never be as cool, as confident, as beautiful as you. So, how's my mental health doing? Well, <gasps> Big sigh. Um, I don't know. Good, I guess. Kind of. 
I mean, like I talked about before, it is helpful having a job that I like who I am. But more than that, I think it's helpful having a job that kind of takes me out of myself. Because being around me all the time is a, a struggle. <laughs> like you can never escape yourself. You can never be someone else it, or not for long anyway. I mean, you can try. And sometimes, you know, books take you out of yourself. TV takes you out of yourself. But you're then becoming this other person, which that's fun too. But there is a version of me when I'm at work that's still me, but that takes me out of myself because I, I'm not my first thought when I'm at work. My thoughts are my patient. My thoughts are my coworkers. My thoughts are, you know, is this medication appropriate, you know, to give? Is this, <laughs> where is this person bleeding from and how can we fix it? <laughs> um, so that's nice. Something I'm realizing about myself that I know, I know about myself, but I thought, you know, moving and getting a new job would help. And I think it has really helped overall to reduce my stress. But I, I am slowly coming to the realization that I create stress if there is none. Like, I give myself these arbitrary deadlines for things. And I know that, like, doing a podcast, for example, my deadline for releasing episodes is Tuesday. Uh, we release episodes every Tuesday. Things need to be recorded. They need to be edited. They need, you know, an outline needs to be done for the next episode. Guests need to be arranged. Uh, fun little weird fake ad segments need to be made that maybe people will get and maybe not. But I just... All of that is fun, but it does create like this, this kind of stress. And I do that with this, but I also do it with other things. Like I have to, you know, some, sometimes I stress out about working out. If I don't work out, it stresses me. It makes me feel like I haven't done something I'm supposed to do. Sometimes when I'm playing video games, instead of doing just like, you know, like nothing else needs to really be done in that moment. It can all be put off, but I'll still feel a little stressed that I'm not doing something. I think it's just like I have a hard time existing and not doing and not producing something and not contributing in some way to some, I don't know, imaginary conglomerate of people contributing I don't know <laughs> I don't even know what it is I don't even know what it is I have a hard time relaxing as much as I take time to do self-care as much as I take time to sit and read for hours it still always feels like I'm not doing something I should be doing And I don't know what that is, but it's kind of fucking with my mental health because I don't want to feel like that all the time. And it could be that it's just going to take me longer to disengage from 
having to manage a cancer diagnosis in the treatment phase, you know, in the active treatment phase, having to manage being a boss that's responsible for a 24-7 operation, um, having to uh, school. I was doing school the whole time. Like, I started school, I think, the same week I was diagnosed with breast cancer. <laughs> I started my master's program, and that extended all the way until I was through with treatment. And I'm like a year and a half out. I'm almost two years out from from that, and it's still in the back of my mind. Feels like I should be doing something. Also, when I was new in my job, I had all these like extra trainings and extra modules I had to do. So it might be some of that as well. But I also just think I'll like stop and sit in my own home on my day off and just think, why do I feel stressed right now? Like this is a great life. You have so much freedom. You have so much. You just have so much stuff. You, I mean, I've got an apartment with two fucking bedrooms. Like, I have a full-ass bedroom and then another full-ass room that is not a living room or a kitchen or a bathroom. Like, what? You know? I can walk to the coffee shop. I can walk to a cafe. Like, what am I stressing about? I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of like this low hum in the back of my mind at all times. And I don't know what that is. But I'd really like to, to be done with it. I'd really like to not have that. So, yeah. Who can relate, I guess? I think I think that's it. Are we done? Can we be done now? Are you guys done? <laughs> Are you done with this? Okay. Let's finish this. This was a lot about me, and I'm glad you stuck around for it. Thank you so much. Um, if you get a minute, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and tell all your favorite people to listen, take some time out of your week to talk about you to someone, even if it's just to yourself, it feels kind of good. And uh, you deserve that. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.